We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Rude Podcast. This is episode 44 of the pod. Matt, we're throwing a curveball to the listeners this week. We're going strictly buy or sell on them. Mix up the format a little bit. Uh, still hit a bunch of major topics, but as we hit a little lull here in the sporting news cycle, we figured we'd mix it up and keep things popping here on the Moose and Runes podcast. How you living, Matter? Joe, did you throw a mean curveball back in the day? I didn't. I actually couldn't throw a curveball. I couldn't throw a curveball at all, and I hated p- being on the pitcher's mound. I always felt too close to the batter. I didn't mind catching. Blocking some balls, taking a foul ball off the dome piece, that's fine. I did not like the idea of a comebacker. It never sat well with me. I uh, I, I never knew how to throw a curveball, but then I took uh, coaching football and baseball at at Illinois Wesleyan. It was a lovely class Mm -hmm. um, in which Dennis Martell taught me how to throw a curveball. And then he said I had a better curveball than some of his pitchers. So. Nice. I got that going nice. for me. That could have been so, a college pitcher is what, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, That that's, that's always a fallback. And yeah. It's good to have a fallback. Multiple forms of income, just being being in a position where you're safe. You know, that's that was one of the Sox are Warren, need Warren Buffett's one of Warren Buffett's top uh, financial tips is multiple forms of income. Come July 31st when they sell off their entire bullpen again, the Sox are going to need some bullpen arms. And I will play for literally Cheap. whatever. Get them on the cheap. Less than the league minimum. I I will be a scab. I'll play for less than the league minimum. I will go against the (laughs) Players Association. I'm not even a member. Not bad. Matt, um, tell the people this last week uh, or this weekend, you you caught caught a little vacation. Not to get too personal here, but uh, you're out on the links. How's the game looking you know, early 2018 season. It was a little, it was a little rough this weekend. I won't lie. Little, to you. Um, it, it was, it was, I hadn't, you know, swung a golf club in uh, however many months, been a while. Mm-hmm. Did start to figure some things out towards the end though. Had, uh, had, had, had some better holes there to finish out the, uh, the weekend last, last three or four, I played right around even. So I was pretty happy with that, but so a lot of just working on some stuff, making, make some tweaks. So when, when yeah. the main event comes here this summer, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. Just grinding, just, just grinding right. away. That's what you got to do in the winter months. So you got to figure out a way to stay fresh, keep the golf swing going, keep those muscles and movement, you know, in action, mo- motion, all that kind of stuff. And I think I did that. It was, it was like a productive it. work trip. Very nice. I spent in the sun. Very nice. I think you should just practice carrying the bag for your brother. That might. Yeah, be that's your, well. I you know I'll speaking get of that. multiple forms of income, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll happen a little bit later. All right, Matt. Well, like I said, we're going to mix it up a little this week, go strictly buy or sell, do a little ping pong back and forth here, dig into these topics in a from, from a different angle. So with that said, I think the biggest um, biggest headline coming out of Chicago right now just dropped a few moments ago uh, after um, we're recording this, but uh, Jarrell Freeman headed uh, wayward from the Bears. So buy or sell, Matt, this cut. From the Bears, uh, their their middle linebacker who has been suspended, I believe two Twice of the last now, I think, yeah. two of the last three seasons, he's had uh, performance enhancing drug issue suspensions on top of some uh, some body issues. I know there's a torn pectoral in there, so I don't know if that's a you know if if one plus two equals three there. But buy or sell the Bears cutting Jarrell Freeman? 
You think you had to do it, so I'll buy that. Um, it's unfortunate because in year one, that defense was so much better with him in there, and then against Atlanta, he was having a really good game this this year. It was week one before he did suffer that torn pack. And he was a really talented football player who fit really well in this defense and the system looked good. He just he couldn't stay healthy and clearly was going through some, some issues on his own with all the – he had uh, – don't remember exactly what he was saying, but he had commented after his drug bust again how he was going through some personal stuff too. So I just think it was something the Bears kind of couldn't afford to hang on to. I know they're trying to clear as much cap space as possible to be as big of you know players in free agency as they can, and he's getting, I think, four. So I think they, they cleared off a good number off the books there. And uh, it's too bad because it was the right idea, and he was, he was a good football player when he was on the field for the Bears. He just couldn't stay on the field for one reason or another. Yeah, uh, my biggest thing is I agree with you here. They kind of had to part ways. They had to move on at that position. Uh, they owe him $0. He was scheduled for $3.5 million next year, none of it guaranteed. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to pick up the pieces and find some work somewhere else, convince another team that he can stay off the sauce and that he can uh, be a productive player there in the middle. But the team liked him. He was voted a team captain, so his his teammates – had his back and liked him. This was prior to his most recent transgressions. Mm. But uh, just when you have a team where the Bears are at and things could go one way, things could go another way, you're trying to build towards something, but nothing's really set in stone, nothing's really concrete. Leadership's huge. And I don't know where those leadership voices are coming from in the Bears' locker room. Obviously, you want it to be coming from the right places. A uh, Mitch Trubisky, a you know, on the defensive side, we'll get to it. But maybe a, a Kyle Fuller, someone that's been there for a few years, someone that understands what it means to wear the Bears' jersey. But who are these leadership? Who are who's filling these leadership roles? Freeman was a guy I think that was looked at in that way. So I think there might be a void there a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess my one counter to that would be is I don't, and I don't know this for a fact, but when you're suspended, I'm not sure how much yeah, you're how even allowed around the team or in the facility. The team, yeah. And that defense didn't really seem to miss much of a beat. With I know they had a rough game against Tampa there next week, but that wasn't on the defense. That was on Mike Glennon just being awful. Yeah. Um, that defense didn't really seem to miss much of a beat without him with uh, Nick Witkowski coming in there for well he just tore his peck after one game I guess too but when Danny mm-hmm. Trevathan was in there so th- I think Trevathan for me was the one who kind of made that defense go in the middle from a yes. from, I know he wasn't a captain but from a vocal standpoint a leadership standpoint but also just from pure talented standpoint. Yeah if you can keep Danny Trevathan in there and not being suspended for his own reasons on field transgressions mm-hmm. Doing a bit of head hunting, I think you make a good point. That is your leader in the middle for that Bears defense. So they shouldn't be, uh, I don't think they should be too worried after this cutting of Jarrell Freeman. But this also begs the question, now does linebacker become a a priority, a main target when talking about the Bears draft this season? I think if you're, if, I think the Bears have to be in the best player available mindset. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know earlier I think I had said on here that I, I'm big on going getting the best receiver available. But I'm at the same time not – the more I kind of think about it, look back on it, as I, I do think Calvin Ridley is going to be an impact player in the NFL, but I don't think he's necessarily – I'm 100% sold on him being you know a top-tier you know Julio Jones-type receiver at the yeah. next level. And if, if he's not going to be that, I don't think you can take that guy at eight. I think you have to take whoever you think is the best player available because mm-hmm. the Bears still do have – well, they're deeper than, than they've been in the past. They still do have – on need just about everywhere uh, except for the quarterback position so if you can 
uh, if Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield or someone is there that another team wants to jump up and grab, go ahead, trade that pick, trade down, maybe get a second first-round pick out of it, or just take whoever you think is the best player available. If that's Roquan Smith and you want him playing in the middle and you think he can be that guy for the next 10 years, great. If that's Quentin Nelson, that's fine too. Whichever they, they've evaluated, whoever they think is the best player at the draft at that time, go ahead and grab him. Yeah, I agree with that. And looking at Mike Mayock's top uh, linebackers in the draft, he's got Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech as the top linebacker prospect with Roquan at number two. Leighton Vander Esch from Boise State, who I've never heard of, but outstanding triple name there. And then uh, Rashawn Evans out of Alabama at number four. So yeah, Tremaine some- Edmonds is this guy, is a guy who I've been hearing is, is supposed to. Mm-hmm. Come out of no, not come out of nowhere, but surprise a lot of people at the combine. His draft, he, he's supposed to be a freak athlete and kind of do it all. Who's his stock is supposed to skyrocket after the after the deadline or the uh, uh, combine? That is what it sounds like, Matt. Why don't you hit me with one here? Uh, like Danny Trevathan, we all got to be places, or you, like Jarrell Freeman. <laughs> you you want to you want to stick the Bears? Uh, yeah, I got a Bears, Bears one for you. Uh, franchise tag deadline, I think, started today, right? Uh, should the Bears, if they can't reach a long-term deal, should they franchise Kyle Fuller? I think so. Um, I, I'd buy that because I don't know where else you use that franchise tag. And when looking at the franchise tag, you always have to look at the situation by position. And I don't know what the corner tag comes in at, but I don't think it's I think that it's right huge. around 15 or so, which, which is, would be where which is here. big for a corner. But if this is a guy you can see having a future with your team – then I'd say yes, because he's been very up and down in his performances. And last year, we saw a lot of good coming out of Kyle Fuller. We saw Kyle Fuller doing a lot of things that he hadn't in seasons before. Coming up, being active and run-stopping, being physical with wide receivers, breaking up passes. He wasn't as passive as years past. I liked what I saw from Kyle Fuller last season. But is that Kyle Fuller or is Kyle Fuller the guy we saw the three years prior last year? He was just out there chasing a check. I think this is a situation where you make a guy chase it for one more year, pay him the 15 or whatever the the mark is for cornerbacks and and get another bit of sample size from a guy who could use some more proving. Uh, I'm I'm with you there as well. It's a lot of money, but it's also one year in the NFL. If you're if you're not up against the cap, which the Bears most certainly shouldn't be at the end of this offseason. I know it's not my money to throw around, but at this point, I mean, who really cares? It's just one year. He, he will be overpaid by probably about five mil, what he'd get on the open market. But at the same time, if you're not ready and you can't reach that long-term deal, I don't mm-hmm. think you can afford to just let him walk with after what he did last year and how thin they are at corner, unless they have a backup plan. If there's a backup plan that they feel very confident in, and that's you know Amukamara for another one year and they got another free agent, maybe, maybe they want to bring in Malcolm Butler or something like that. I don't know. But I can't let Kyle uh, Kyle Fuller walk with no set backup plan or or an idea of a uh, replacement. Yeah, you got to kind of like you say have a contingency plan there because you can't be in the situation where you're doing a, a Vegas vacation Hoover Dam wall where you're plugging one leak and another leak starting and then you're plugging another leak and another leak leak starting if you want to be a contender if you want to make the playoffs with any sort of regularity you have to have guys on your roster that have been there with some sort of tenure you can't be worrying about every position every offseason that's not a way that franchises win championships get to the playoffs do those sorts of things there needs to be some sort of foundation to your franchise to your roster 
Kyle Fuller's a guy who has been on the roster for a little while, would love to see him play the way he did last season, and would love to see him become a foundation of this team. But is he a foundation of the team? I think that's still a question that's up in the air. Also a good reason to franchise tag him. Bonus buy or sell, Vegas Vacation is the best of those vacation series of movies. Buy. Couldn't buy any harder. I love buy. I love Christmas Vacation, but Vegas Vacation is like rare levels of hilarity. I'm, I'm 100% it's one of my favorite favorite. movies of all time. One of my favorite. Just, then the, you, I, I'm glad you thought of that scene because the scene where he just keeps trying <laughs> to plug it with a different piece with the gum, of gum keeps chewing fantastic. more gum. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff, Matt. All right, well let's uh, let's keep it NFL here, but uh, another big headline out of the league as we get away from the season. As sad as that is, but uh, still a lot of movement, Kirk. Cousins still looking for a home. The New York Jets say they will pay whatever it costs to make it happen. Buy or sell, with all things considered, uh, whether the Jets want him, whether Kirk wants to go there, buy or sell. Kirk Cousins is the Jets' starting quarterback week one next season. I still think he goes to Denver because okay. that is the most – I mean, if he wants to win, and I, I, I think that Denver will pay for him as well, that, that that's the one that makes the most sense to me. But – Man, if if the Jets are really willing to pay whatever it takes, and they basically say we'll give you a fully guaranteed contract to come here and play, mm-hmm. I'm not. I, you'd have to think he's going to get a lot of outside pressure to accept that. It's not just going to be like whether or not he wants to take that or go to Denver. If the Players Association sees that, and you know knows they have a guy who has this offer on the table that they've been working so hard to try and get for these players the last few years, especially if they want to try and set that precedent. If that precedent's out there to be set, he's going to feel a lot of pressure to take it. Yeah. And I, I, I think if they, that's against my contingency, if they offer him a fully guaranteed contract, I think he's going to play for the Jets. He's going to be the highest paid player, regardless of where he goes. I yes. think he's going to be making more than that Garoppolo number. And, when you're Kirk Cousins, I don't know the exact number, but he's been in the league for what six or seven seven years now. Yeah, he's like thirty, that. so I think he came in at getting twenty-two. Around, so yeah, seven seven years, I think. He's getting around there. He's made a good chunk of change, especially with these last three seasons playing off franchise tags. Not to say that, you know, I'm not going to speak for anyone else's financial situation, but Kirk Cousins has never struck me as the guy who's chasing the money. money rather than chasing the game, chasing the championship. Just the way he plays the game, the way he carries himself, he seems like a passionate individual with a true love for the game. So if you have a decision to take a few less million per and go to Denver with a a pretty stout defense and and a team that didn't play up to its potential last year but looked like they were a quarterback maybe a couple pieces away – then yes, I'm going there because my pockets are fine. This isn't a this isn't a guy coming off of a rookie contract trying to sign his first big contract. That's the time when you see some guys making business decisions rather than making football decisions. I think Kirk Cousins is financially in a position where he can make a football decision here, wait for that number to come around from someone other than as as it was said to make another movie reference here, the goddamn Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus buy or sell? Big Daddy's the best Adam Sandler movie around. Sell, sell hard. I got four better Adam Sandler movies. Uh, but no, I um, mean, I, I am with you. But I do think in his heart of hearts, he wants to play for Denver because he knows he's got a chance to win a Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. I just, it would be a very tough decision for me, not even personally, if I got that you know fully guaranteed offer from the Jets for setting that precedent for people to come. Uh, that that would be a tough offer for me to turn down, not just for me, but for everybody else that plays in the NFL that will play in the NFL going forward. I mean, that would be a huge win 
for everybody who's due a contract coming up. That would, I mean, not obviously not every. Yeah, that they don't the need it everybody. though. What do they need? Garoppolo was a huge win. Uh, Matt Ryan's next I mean, contract. I'm, I'm not talking. I, mean, I just, all, I, just I think always, that's a domino effect, and that starts to lift everybody up. Obviously, you'd see the bigger names like Rogers or whoever when they come up would get you know fully guaranteed deals. But I think that would lead to your. Mike Glennon's of the Wood, not him, obviously, but like backup quarterbacks who are signing, they'd probably get more guaranteed money because the market ahead of them has been lifted, and I think that would have a trickle down effect. That's all. I I'm see saying. what you're saying. No, I, I just I think it, it'd be hard for me to turn down the idea of helping out everybody in the league rather than just myself. I'm just a selfless yeah. guy, Joe. What can I say? I'm very nice. Yeah, you just like what would that's not Robin Hood? What he's stealing from the rich and making the rich richer? How does yeah, that work? Some, something like that. Some some sort of weird like eyes. No, I'm, I'm, stealing Robin the, Hood. I'm stealing from the rich. <laughs> giving to the, I'm stealing from the owners and giving to the players. Gotcha. Who aren't gotcha. as rich as the owners, right? Uh, well, well, I'm glad you're looking out for them because they need. Yeah. They really need a. They really need a, rep- to, right? a representative in their fight, Matt. Well, someone's uh, got to. <laughs> all right, uh, your turn. Hit me. Um, Louisville vacated their 2013 NCAA championship today, Joe. Did you know that? Uh, I did. Okay, I well, did I'm going to ask you this. Buy or sell vacating titles means anything? Um, you know, I'm going to sell this on the surface. I'm sure it means something to the universities, to revenue dollars, to this, that, and the other. But I'm selling it because in my eyes, it doesn't change much unless – you know, my my brain remembers history the way it remembers history and just someone telling me that these wins or this award is no longer valid. I, Reggie Bush is still the Heisman Award winner in 2000, whatever it was. Uh, was that 2005? Yeah. Whatever, whatever year it was. Reggie Bush is still the Heisman Award winner. Uh, Notre Dame's wins that had to be vacated from the national championship run year because of cheating. Those are – I'm not – keeping a Notre Dame win total in my head. I still remember that season for what it was. Louisville basketball, those wins, they get slashed from their total, but the way we remember them doesn't change. They're still, it's still Patino's golden years there and making runs at national titles and Kevin Ware's leg, unfortunately. But you remember certain things. I'm not going to amend a win total in my head that I have saved somehow. Yeah, so did Kevin Ware now not break his leg? Yes, that actually that's actually Somebody should call him and tell him that he that that game never happened. Your leg never broke for a run. How do you feel? (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Like we all remember it. We all saw it. We're all there. The NCAA can take it out of their record books, but like I don't think that's going to affect how boosters donate to the program or how mm-hmm. you know players feel about it, as how recruits feel about it. I don't think it changes a damn thing, other than what's in a record book somewhere and you know NCAA win totals and win percentage stuff and all that. But like, like you said, I'm not just going to now say I, I forgot that Louisville won. I'm not going to say that I you know I don't remember Notre Dame winning you know 12 whatever games and going to the national championship, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It, it all happened. It's there. Like what, I don't. I know they have to do something, but at the same time, it, it doesn't mean anything. Now, when it when it really has an effect is when you vacate and then punish. If they're getting some sort of yes. ban, or if you're getting some sort of but if the punishment you know, is just vacating titles, then like, good 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 for you, NCAA. I hope you feel big and bad for taking away these these this erasing this number out of a book is yeah. essentially all it was. You're not going to go into these guys. Uh, 
into their closets and take away all their final four gear or take away whatever rings they won. That's just not just not the reality of it. Hopefully they wrote them down in pencil, right, Joe? We gotta gotta use an eraser then. Matt, I think we're just gonna have to move on from that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, all right. Matt, buy or sell. Uh, this is your your opportunity to give us a little Mass Hockey Minute. We'll Ooh. even give you a few minutes on this one. But buy or sell with the NHL trade deadline coming up as well. The Hawks are players in some capacity. Uh, well, they, they did make a move yesterday. They shipped out Michael Kempe to Washington for a third-round pick, which is, I, I think, a great return for a guy like that who wasn't going to be mm-hmm. back and walking at the end of the year. I think those are the types of moves you're going to see. Um, I think if they do decide to make a bigger move or a shakeup, that'll probably come at the draft just because I don't think they'll get the price they want for it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would say look out for you know one or two minor moves, shipping out a, a bottom six forward or maybe another bottom pairing defenseman to a, to a team that's looking to add some depth. But I don't think you're going to see any major shakeups like Anisimov or, or like that moving out. I think that he is a very good candidate to be moved out of the draft. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this team is going to look relatively similar through the trade deadline and through the rest of the year. Okay, Matt, for for the entire season, and I know we kind of sidestepped it in the middle of the season. Sure. But uh, early on, you were telling me not to hit the panic button, and I think that the panic button has been hit, and we're at a point now where well, I had play, you know, playoffs are almost out of they're, the they're, they're not going to the playoffs. We can say they're, they're not, not going, going to the playoffs. playoffs. Okay. It's not mathematically done, but they're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, I said don't hit the panic button with the assumption that Corey Crawford would not miss half the season. Yes. I also think that true. that it always my, my little asterisk contingency, whatever, it provided Corey Crawford is healthy, I was not worried. When the second he went down and they said, you know, upper body out indefinitely, that's when, yeah. you know, the my finger started hovering over the panic button and, and all that started to kind of slide down. Um, which is why I don't think they're I think they'll make some decent size changes in the offseason, but I don't think you'll see any core people moved out, and they're going to rely on him being back healthy next year. I don't see a point in bringing Crawford back the rest of this year because mm-hmm. you're kind of done. So I know Anton Forsberg has been pretty awful so far this year, but he's basically on a tryout the rest of the season to try and win back a backup job, see if he can't win some games for you. And uh, don't rush your franchise goalie back when there's really no need to at all. Yeah, we talked about I'm sure, I, I don't remember what pot it was, but we talked about the importance of a backup goalie um, in the NHL, and Anton Forsberg obviously hasn't proved to uh, you know, be that sort of talent level, that sort of, um, he's had to become a starting goalie, no less, but he hasn't shown the signs of being a serviceable backup for when Crawford does come back, at least you know, in the little bit that I've seen. The Hawks are scoring... 2.8 goals per game. That has nothing to do with Corey Crawford, or at least directly. Maybe indirectly it affects the way you play the game, this and that. But where's the scoring going to come from? How are they going to start scoring more goals? They're 18th in goals per game right now in the NHL. I mean, I think when they, I think they're going to make a, a decent size move to improve the back end in the offseason, and I think that's going to help their their scoring as well because they always, mm-hmm. their, their offense starts from the back end. They love those yeah, big home run there's you know, two-line passes. Yeah, and you've I, always I, had that pitch-in, not even just assist-wise, but actual scoring from Keith and Seabrook and Jalmerson. I think you lost a lot in losing him in the back end. I, I do. I think I do, too. They did, too. But I, I also think, and I'll, I'll stick with it, that they went by it's better to get rid of him a year too early than a year too mm-hmm. late. And yeah. I still think that was the right move, even though they might miss him right now. 
I, I think this year has been a year, uh, a lot of bad luck and, and obviously missing Corey Crawford. It doesn't directly affect this, the goal scoring, but like you said, kind of indirectly does. And I, I, I think it's just been a year of a lot of things kind of adding up and catching up to the Hawks. They haven't been getting a lot of lucky bounces and not to, not to say that what they've done in the past and built on luck, but obviously in order to win games in the NHL to go far, you do have to get some bounces here and there. They haven't been by all accounts. Their, their possession numbers, their fancy stats and all that have been good. Brandon Sod's a prime example of that. He, he's up near the top 10, top five, top 20, whatever of, of all those types of stats, you know, course, possession numbers, all that type of stuff but he's just not scoring goals. It's just not happening for him. And I don't think you're going to see that bad of a year for him. Uh, Patrick Kane, I think, you know, hit a little bit of a slump, a little bit of a lull when this team kind of fell out of the race, which it's hard to blame a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And I also think you're seeing guys like Alex Dabrinkit, Nick Schmaltz, Vinny Henestrosa, who will all be back next year, who will all take another step forward. I mean, Alex Dabrinkit's a 22-goal scorer now in his rookie year, and I don't think that's going to – come down much if any if at all i think you're going to see improvement there nick schmaltz took a big leap from year one to year two and i think you'll see him take that jump and if they're able to move artem anisimov in the offseason like i think they're going to try to and probably will be because i think somebody will take that deal on who's more looking for you know one more missing piece down the middle they're going to have close to 20 million dollars in cap space to play with and yeah. that's that's something I it was a stat I read yesterday and caught me by surprise. I didn't know it was going to be that big, but they're going to have a lot of money to be major players in the offseason, whether they want to go out and try and be uh, a candidate for the big fish and John Tavares and try and really give you the best down the middle in the NHL or try and add a couple minor, not minor pieces, but more mid-level pieces to, to sure up that scoring and maybe one more on the back end. I don't know. But they're going to have a lot of money to play around with in the offseason. I think it's it's really the first time in Stan Bowman's tenure ever here. He's had a lot of money mm-hmm. to play with. I mean, he had five last year with hosts off the books, but now he's going to have a lot of money to play around with, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes with that because he's going to have, a, if he's still the guy, which I think he will be, I don't think either guy gets moved out because no one could have foreseen Crawford missing half the season, but he's going to have a lot of money to play around with the first time ever. I'm excited and interested to see kind of where he goes with it because he's always been, when he's had a little bit of room, a guy who's going to at least poke around the big fish in free agency yeah try and at least be in those conversations as we remember the uh, i think the crazy uh conversation we were a part of and a couple others that uh you know you might not have won them but uh that might be the position that the hawks are in right now is where a big a big fish like that could make a big change not a bad selling point to a guy like john Tavares saying hey you want to come play with patrick kane for the next five years yeah yeah i guess that would be fun (laughs) that wouldn't be bad (laughs) You want to play with the best setup man that maybe has ever played this yeah, game. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so my, my turn to ask you now? Yes. Hit me. Okay. Uh, let's go NBA All-Star Weekend, Joe. I, I want to bring some fashion into this because I know I you're a big it. fashion guy. You, okay. You buy the you buy what? I didn't even ask the I question. buy All-Star Weekend. I buy the whole weekend. Oh, that's fair. I wasn't asking that, though. What it's did you think of? It's a contest. It's old. Oh, we can get to that. What did you think yeah. of the uniforms, Joe? The the all black and the all white uniforms with the team logo on there. What did you think? Give me a fashion nice. breakdown. Joe's fashion minute. They of were the nice. NBA All Star Game uniforms. I wasn't. They didn't. They were nothing to write home about. I didn't. I, I didn't take to Twitter to let um, let the good followers know of my ire of or my excitement. They were nice. They, they got the job done. I think a lot of times in these games, they get a little wild. They get a little out of pocket. You start playing, throwing neon all over jerseys and guys start looking like, like Sesame street characters. It's just not a good look. These were simple. They were clean. I liked them. I especially liked the rookie sophomore jerseys. Didn't um, see those. There was, 
There was a light blue oh. um, and, and an orange. The orange is a little loud, but the light blue is very nice. It was almost a Carolina blue. So jerseys as a whole during All-Star Weekend, I'm buying them. What did you think you of Larry Nance Jr. wearing the short well, shorts? So you also saw Larry Nance Jr. in the short shorts and his dad's jersey. And then uh, Mitchell rocked the Vince Carter jersey. That one, one was too. awesome. I, I, I so, saw the picture of that. That was pretty So it was, a, it was a great weekend for jerseys. So big, big for two thumbs um, up for NBA fashion this weekend. Jim. Two thumbs up for NBA fashion. Were there any celebrities we, wearing things in the crowd that stood out to you? Ooh, I'm trying to think now. Um, who was at the game? Everyone, like, I saw a picture of uh, Kevin Hart, Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, and Dave Chappelle, and they all had, like, the same bomber jacket on. It was pretty funny. Um, so I think everyone just went. It's a, it's a casual weekend. It's not, a, it's not an award weekend. Um, so, and nothing really, yeah, nothing, nothing really that caught my eye. Does Kevin Hart have to be involved in like every single major everything. sports all-star game? Everything. Because I feel everything. like he's, he's everywhere and it's starting to get so, a little annoying. Well, that's, you got to start playing the scarcity, uh, the scarcity idea. If you're Kevin Hart, got a lot of money in the bank. You probably got a lot of movies in production right now. Let's, let's go away for a little while. Make people make people want you, you know, make people want you to come back. Like, like Drake went away for a few months there, came back hot with some, with some, with some new tracks, you know, Matt, I know you're I, a big I Drake fan. I don't know fan. that. Yeah, I didn't but know it's, that. it's the law of scarcity. They, they want you when they can't have you. And we've had Kevin Hart for four or five years straight with zero time to come up for air. So I am getting a little, you know, I, I'm in that same camp. I'm getting a little, I don't want to say, fatigue. I'm yeah. I've, I've got heart palpitations. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't. But uh, I, I agree with you there. We, we we need a little break on Kevin Hart. But the weekend as a whole, there were hits, there were misses. The dunk contest, we've completely run out of ideas. These guys, you can only there's jump nothing so more they can, can only, do. Yeah, I don't know how you make it cool other than you know when Blake Griffin jumped over the key, uh, props, certain things. Until you get a otherworldly talent like LeBron James in there that maybe can do a couple things that other guys can't, we're just going to keep seeing the same things over and over. It's going to be how clean you can execute it. Dunk contest is kind of played. It's always interesting to me to see how prolific these shooters are when they clear racks from three-point range, excuse me. So I still like the three-point contest, but the two things during the week, and it was a really good rookie-sophomore game, too. There were three kings in it, um, the... MVP actually went to Bogdan Bogdanovich um, and Buddy Heald at 29 points. So it was kind of a, a King-centric uh, rookie-sophomore game. So that was fun. How did our and Bulls then, do? Um, Laurie, I don't, know, I don't know what Laurie's final line was, but he played well. I saw him make a couple of plays, knock down a couple of shots. Um, but uh, the, the weekend as a whole, I enjoyed the two points that I could have done without or done with some sort of change. The dunk contest, something needs to be done with that, with the format, something to make it interesting again. And then the intros to the game were unbelievably terribly long. And it was Kevin Hart trying to make fun of guys. Like, it just wasn't the right time for what they were trying to do there. Just announce the players' names and play the basketball game. You can pre-produce whatever, like, goofy Kevin Hart segments you want to before it. Don't do it live. It seemed forced and overproduced. Not for me, so... Um, that was another point of contention, and we will get to the national anthem later on in the show because that was another <laughs> that was another issue, wasn't it? another issue with the game. <laughs> now, uh, just a, just a heads up, Joe. I know you're a big fan. Um, uh-huh. The USA Korea women's curling match just started on NBCSN. Uh, it's oh, pretty pretty good opening set right now. Just wanted to, okay. if you wanted to flip the TV in front of you, it's a good one. A lot of stones, a lot of stones being throwing thrown. stones with the with the brooms. Yeah, 
I'm locked back into the Olympics, Matt, now that you say that. Not for that, but we got women's hockey going for the gold here on Wednesday. I will absolutely be, watch that. I, I plan on watching it as well. Um, maybe the replay, because I don't know, isn't it not really early? Uh, I, I didn't I see wrong? the time. Sometimes they're on like, I've seen a lot of them been on like one thirty in the morning, but there was a like the yeah. USA-Russia pool play game like started like, I think 6 a.m. Okay. So that's well, not no like, one. Awful. No one tell me what no one tell me what happened because I'm watching the rerun. But uh, you got Olympic playing, fever again, though. You're, you're back. No, not, not really. I'm just pretending Fair to. Um, who are they playing in the Canada finals? Oh, it's USA Canada. Canada. We got yes, one. USA Canada coming off a heartbreaking loss four years ago. Uh, the women they were uh, they had victory snatched away from them at the in, in the final moments. I have no idea what happened in the game. But did you uh, I've, did, I've did heard you that something the, happened? Did you see the final score there of the the Russia USA men's hockey game? By any um, chance? Was that was that the five to one game? So Ru- no, Russia won four to nothing. Um, okay, as yes. they should because you know okay. they're playing with some NHL guys and you know KHL pros and all that. They're the heavy favorites. Uh-huh. And then after the game, you remember Ilya Kovalchuk, Joe, in the NHL for a while. He's he's now uh-huh. in the KHL wants to get back here. He he was talking to the media, the American media afterwards, and basically said something along the lines of. Well, maybe now that'll shut you guys up, and you know you can stop talking about the Oshi game and stop showing Oshi clips. Like I think we found something out here, and I think, like, what are you talking about, dude? You just played a bunch of NHL washouts and scat. Like, you who did you beat? Yeah, yeah. I don't and know. That just uh, that I saw. That I haven't quote, talked I about the o- I haven't talked you. about the Oshi game since like the week that it happened. Like I yeah, like when so. we talk about Olympics and stuff, <laughs> that's what like American hockey fans yeah. and media will bring up. But it's not like we're playing that on repeat all the time. It's like, yeah, that's what happened the last time these two, these actual two teams played. Like th- just cause you went out and beat a bunch of career minor leaguers and NHL washouts does not make, does not erase that game. Yeah. But that had to have been a, a thorn in the side of the Russian hockey gulag, whatever. It still should be, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. You didn't really yeah, do so, anything. So it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that a guy who so regularly and readily identifies as a name from Russian hockey, you know, a, a recognizable representative of Russian hockey in the United States hasn't let it go yet. That does not surprise me at all. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Let's move on. What are, are you, is it my turn on, or your turn? It's your turn to ask uh, me I believe something. it's my turn to ask you a question yeah. here. Um, Give me something. Let us know. Let us know, folks, what you think about this buy or sell format. We just thought it'd be a way to mix things up. Um, I know it's not our usual flow of podcast here, but we feel like we're Still hitting some major topics, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying it. So with that said, number four here for Matt Rooney, buy or sell J.D. Martinez to Boston. I believe that trade went down yesterday, or that pickup went down yesterday. Um, J.D. Martinez to Boston makes the Red Sox the AL East favorites. I've been back and forth on this. pitching staff. I I want to say yes, but that Yankees lineup is so hard scary. for me to say. I, scary. If you ask me who I'm more scared of in the playoffs, I might tell you Boston. Mm-hmm. But I think that offense is that offense in New York is going to be so good; it's going to win you so many games in the regular season. I think they'll be not that their pitching's bad, but I don't think they're on the level of Boston's yet. And I, I think New York ends up winning that division. But if you ask me if, if they meet in the ALCS, if you ask me who I got, I think I might lean towards Boston there. Obviously, yeah. right, you know things change over the course of a year. But right now, I, I think I would like Boston more as a playoff team rather than a regular season division winner. Yeah, and um, I 
I'm kind of in that camp with you, Matt, because I'm excited to see what Aaron Judge does this season. We know what Giancarlo Stanton is. Maybe there might be some growing pains uh, getting used to, you know, the AL, getting used to AL pitching, getting used to playing in Yankee Stadium, even though it's the most friendly hitters park in mm-hmm. the world. Um, there might be some growing pains. There might be some – it might not look as consistent as it did last season. It might not look as – the product on field might not match the product on paper right away. Whereas Boston is a team and JD Martinez is a guy that I think fit nicely. Yeah. I think they're perfect fit for each other. And they, they can hit the ground running game one or even in spring training here. They, they can figure out what they are. Whereas when you got big hitters, big names, sometimes it takes a little while to figure things out in a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, but I, that's my, I guess that's my only knock on New York. Though. I'm excited to watch both of these teams play this year. That, that's going to be really gonna fun to watch. And the it's baseball is always better when the AL East is competitive for so many years between Boston, even those solid Tampa Bay teams, New York, it's always such a competitive division with big names. That's getting national notoriety because we're seeing them on Sunday night, every night. Yeah, and yeah. I'm excited to get to the point where, like, I, I, the last probably three, four years, you'll probably agree with me. I got sick of seeing Red Sox Yankees because yeah. one, one of the one of the two teams was wasn't very good, yeah. and they not and the Yankees by design weren't very good over the last two. Right? I mean, guess last year they were better than people expected, but they were in a rebuild mode. Boston wasn't the old Boston, and it was just nice to. It, it's nice to get back to the point where I won't. Dra- I, I still won't like how much we see them on Sunday Night Baseball. But it won't, yeah. I won't roll my eyes and say, well, I can't watch Sunday Night Baseball this weekend. I'll, I'll actually tune into those games again and like to watch them, and you'll kind of feel the heat of that rivalry back again. Yeah, the heat of the rivalry, something's on the line. It's going to be it's gonna be good stuff. So um, regardless of you know who's the favorite here in the AL East, it's going to be a fun one to watch, no doubt. All right, what am I uh, – let's I know, go I can't with... ask me the question. You could. You know what I meant. You know my questions. I don't remember them. I don't either. Uh, I got them <laughs> written down, though, which is good. Joe, I'm going to go back to college basketball here with, uh, okay. with March fastly approaching. Where I want to ask you about the Big Ten, Joe. Does the Big Ten have the best top-tier talent with you know Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State, and now even Michigan? Is that the best? I'm not going to say the deepest conference in college basketball, but the best top-tier talent in college basketball. I'm going to sell on it. I'm still going to go with the ACC just with history on their side with, um, I think when you're talking about top year, top tier and, and teams that actually have a chance to walk away from the tournament victorious to walk away the national champion, I'm always going to lean towards the ACC. The big 10 always finds a way to trip over its own feet, whether it's Purdue, whether it's Michigan state, whoever it may be, Michigan, whoever's going to make a run, out of the Big Ten, they always get tripped up. And I've watched a good amount of Purdue basketball over the last two seasons, having covered Nebraska, and they are a complete team. They go big inside. They can shoot, but they always find a way to trip over their own feet. And I have no reason to believe that that's not going to happen again. Uh, they're a team that, if, if they're dominating, they're hard to beat. If they're controlling the tempo, if they're controlling the pace, if they're controlling possession – then they're hard to beat. But once they get behind, let's say you have a Louisville, just because it's a name that comes to mind, or you have a team that could come out and run on you and they go up 10, Purdue's a team that's always struggled to to close gaps. And I don't know if this team's going to be any different, but if Purdue is your marquee team, your top tier team here, I'm selling and I'm going the way of, 
you know, Kansas out of the Big 12, um, your North Carolinas, your Dukes, the, that, side, that sort of thing. I think I'm with you on the ACC, but I think Michigan State and Purdue is probably as good of a one-two punch right now as Virginia and Duke. Um, just because I think Duke, for the same reason, kind of as you talked about Purdue, I know Duke has a national championship in recent years, but they've also been a team that, I mean, every year they're a, you know one or two seed and everybody's saying go to the Final Four or they can win, win it all this year. And they usually mm-hmm. seem to slip up in a game they shouldn't slip up in. Um, I think the outlier yep. here in the wild card is North Carolina. Uh, when they're firing on all cylinders and if they get to that point in the tournament, they're always a really tough out. And I think that top, I, I think they're better than kind of the Ohio States and Michigan's, which is why I kind of lean you're, with you more on the ACC. Your second tier, your mid tier. But I think team. that top two, those, those top two teams in the Big Ten are every bit as good as the, the top two teams the ACC yeah. are going to send. Yeah, I won't give you much argument there. Um, I just, I just know that. I'm when hoping the late, Boilers can not screw it up this year for me. When Joe. late March comes around, see, uh, yeah, when late March comes around, I just see them screwing it up. They're not a championship program, and I know that's a broad umbrella. No, they, broad they've lost a lot a of tournament umbrella. games over the past few years. They shouldn't yeah. have, that's for sure. They find a way to lose. All right, Matt, buy or sell. This is the big one here, okay? Oh, you ready? big one. No. Buy or sell, and I'm going to ask you to put this in historical context here because it was a moment in time. Uh, a couple moments in time that lasted too long. Buy or sell, Fergie's national anthem was a top five worst of all time. So, this might surprise you. Don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it. Now, hear my, hear my reasoning. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Oh no! It was awful. But it was like if you want to talk about worst national anthems of all time, you've had. People who don't sing sing national anthems. You've had people okay. forget lyrics to national okay. anthems. Let me, yeah, let me, let me. I, I'm going that. to I say, wanna, it, let, wanna, go ahead. I want to get, the, I want to get the non-singers out of there because yes, you've had some people of prominence try and sing it. I'm saying entertainer singer top five worst of all time. I mean, then maybe I'll go with you, but like my thing was like it wasn't like her voice gave out or like she. It was just she, she she tried something and it didn't work, but it's not like her no. voice stunk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I, it was bad. She, I'm not trying to say it was a good national anthem, but it, it was more of a swing and a miss for me at uh, trying something than an awful national. It was a bad. It was a, a, you know what I'm getting at here, right? Yeah, but it, you didn't practice it. You didn't like. You didn't have. Oh, she probably did. Probably you can't have yes this men is, around. This is more in that situation. This is, this is where decision. you need. Exactly. This is where you need real friends in your life. When this you is reach more a certain on her decision level, of the people she surrounds herself with. Yeah, not telling her when that you reach a awful. certain when you reach a certain level of success and fame, you need to surround yourself with your salt of the earth people, your your real friends, your old friends, because you get a lot of yes people around you, and then you end up singing the national anthem in front of millions of people and making whoa, 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 like weird noises that the only good thing that came out of this was the reaction from the I was players. just going like, to bring that up. Like the Draymond Green gif of him sitting there like all open mouth Draymond Green and then like licking his lips and laughing is my favorite thing that I saw this week. Like it's like it, it she was, tried turning the national it was she tried so combining bad. the national anthem with a Black Eyed Peas song. Like that's what she no, tried to do. No, it wasn't even like a Black Eyed Peas song. It was like a it was like she was trying to sing it like like in a lounge, like a dueling pianos lounge. Like she should have been like smoking a cigarette and like leaning on a piano while she was trying to sing it. It was not good. It was as an American, I was offended. Yeah, I, I can't. There, man. I can't. No, I, I honestly, I can't really disagree with you. I, so I, maybe I, I guess I'll switch my answer to buy. But you got where <laughs> I was going with that. 
right? Yeah, there, there's there's the only argument a, I was making. Yes, I could that she was trying something. Yeah, she's responsible for the for the shot that's that she's true. taking. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. So I I'm putting her in that. the top five worst, right alongside like I know Christina Aguilera had a bad one in there, and I was looking it up. Michael Bolton had a train wreck too. So it happens to some big names. So you keep your head up, things. Fergie. Fergie, keep your head up because tonight's going to be a good night, and uh, I got a feeling that you're going to bounce back. <laughs> All right, that Joe. Was, uh, let's, that let's was move for on me. Here. That was for me. Yeah, I know. It was, Joe, who, who else did that have been for? Uh, I'm sure we got a couple listeners out there. All right, Joe. You're a fan of both of these guys, I think. Uh, buy or sell the Baker Mayfield Johnny Manziel comparison? Because that one that seems to be floating around quite a bit. Um. I'd, I'd buy it. I mean, kind of undersized. I think Johnny was more explosive with his feet. Baker's obviously still explosive. But Baker strikes me as a guy who has that ability to still stand in the pocket where if he does want to amend his game with the run, then yes. But I think he's a guy who you can put on an NFL football field and hopefully he takes the Russell Wilson route rather than the RG3 Johnny football route where you do have to change your game. I don't care if you're a cornerback, a quarterback, a linebacker. When you get to the NFL, there are things about your game that you have to change. Yes, at the quarterback position, it's much more concentrated. There are a number of different things you have to change, and the game's happening so much faster. You have to react at a different rate. Those are things that, whether you're playing with your feet or you're playing with your arm, that you have to have as a quarterback in the NFL. I think Baker Mayfield has that. I think he has the quick twitch. I think he has the... Um, the quick moment decision-making type ability. Now he's just got to hot wire, rewire his brain to say, when I do need to make a decision, the feet aren't option one, you know, the feet are option three. Mm-hmm. I got to go through, I got to get through my progressions here. I have to play quarterback as an NFL quarterback. That's where I think the comparison part. So I'm selling the comparison because I think Baker Mayfield's talent ability and maybe mind state are a little bit more malleable than Johnny football's and can fit the mold of the NFL more readily than Johnny football trying to force his game upon the NFL, which, which never really works because you got defensive ends that are just as fast as you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it was more of just kind of a lazy comparison. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think you kind of buffed that a little bit. It, it, it's, it's, Yes, they're undersized, both small. Yes, they're both undersized kind of, white guy with an both attitude mobile, issue. Yeah, with like, an attitude, okay. both won Heisman's, kind of all that. Came. I, I think Baker can use his feet, but like you, I think he's a lot more comfortable staying in the pocket, and I, I, I think he's just a lot more of an NFL-ready mm-hmm. quarterback than Johnny is, was, or maybe ever will be. Not that Baker's 100% ready like it right now, but... Uh, like you said, he's going to have to tweak a few things here and there, but hopefully he can get it in the right system. And I think he's got a lot better chance of success at this league than Johnny Football did. I agree with you, Matter. Well, uh, that's all I got for you in terms of buy or sell here. You got any bonuses for me, Matt? Or uh, say goodbye to the people here? Buy or sell the second half of The Godfather. Come on, have you watched it yet? No, that's why I'm asking. I want to get your. Uh, yes, buy it. Watch the whole movie. Oh, okay. It's well, a, and then maybe I'll and watch then you it. got. And then you got a whole two more movies to watch, but I watch heard three. I should just watch, watch two. I just watch no, two. Don't, watch, don't three. watch three. You're you're in a. I think I've only seen three like once or twice, and it's not. There's no reason to go back to it. My dad finish told one. me not to watch it by any. Yeah, means. finish one, and I even challenge you to start one from the top because you're gonna catch things that you didn't catch in your first watch. You know, this turned out. This went from like a two-hour 
you know, 50 minute commitment to now like a seven hour commitment. No, to do it's like nine hours. You want me to if rewatch from as, the top and then watch? Like what? How, if how much you time do you think I have? As a, a lot. If you don't look at it as a commitment, don't look at it as a commitment and you look at it as enjoyment, as entertainment, I think that you'll get a lot more out of the movie, Matt. Do you think I'm not a busy man, Joe? You're a busy. I know you're a busy man. Thank you. you're a busy man. Make so, some time. Make some time for the family. All right. Thank you. I get the reference. <laughs> all right. Well, Moose and Runes listeners, we appreciate you for hanging with us here in this uh, abridged version of the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 44. We came at you with a whole bunch of buy or sell this week. We're going to get back on the normal horse next week as the sports cycle starts to kick up and as March Madness comes along. I'm sure we'll fill out some brackets, have some fun with that, maybe pick we'll some winners bet. out of pick we'll some winners out of each region. Yeah, I could further pound Matt into the ground um, and make him maybe you owe one me two. by one game. Maybe make make him owe me two rounds of golf. You we'll won see how it works out. Game. Hey, a win's a win and a loss is a loss, Matt. I don't you disagree. You hold that L until next season. I and with that, that, Moose and Runes listeners, that's gonna do it for episode forty four. We appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on iTunes, hit us up on SoundCloud. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, because we're here for you guys. Matthew, say goodbye to the people. Bye-bye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.